the Washington Nationals offense exploded to avoid the sweep against the Los Angeles Dodgers, winning the yesterday's contest of a score of 10-6. to We're going to talk about that offensive explosion and if this can keep up. And if it does, man, watch out for these Washington Nationals. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day, as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And if you're an everydayer, you know who I am. And if you're not, I'm Ryan Clary, host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you team every single day. And on today's show, later on in the program, we will be getting into this Phillies National Series that'll be starting tomorrow night because I truly do believe this could be the biggest series of the young 2023 season to start June. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. And then also, we're going to take a trip around the NL East. The Nationals have an off day today, so let's take a step back and look at the division right now because honestly, we're in some interesting positions, you could say, going forward with the schedule and really with the National League East as a whole. I think it has been a very interesting season as far as the NL East goes. We're going to get into that, but we're going to start off with talking about the Dodgers series and really breaking down what went right for the Washington Nationals to avoid that sweep yesterday. And let's just rip the Band-Aid right off. Five home runs. If you hit five home runs in a any game, you are likely to win that game. And that is why I continue to say that power and slugging is everything to this Nationals team. And when we can see this team go for a performance like they did yesterday, that is when you see the results that we all wanted to see. Because let's be honest, this Nationals team has not had the power up to this point in the season. And we all kind of knew that. We knew this coming in to 2023 that this Nationals team was lacking a little bit of power at the most, you could say. So obviously in the top of the second inning, Kiebert Ruiz launches a 397-foot missile off of Noah Syndergaard. And by the way, how nice was it to just rock around Noah Syndergaard, a former Mets pitcher, a former stud for the New York Mets, obviously has really fallen off since leaving then and having injuries in his career, obviously. There's a ton of different things that has gone wrong with him. But Kiebert Ruiz from the left side of the plate launches one into the seats there. And that is what we need to see from Kiebert Ruiz. But it wasn't over just then because in the eighth inning, Kiebert Ruiz did the exact same or top of the ninth. Rather, Kiebert Ruiz did the exact same thing by going up to the plate and hitting a 401-foot bomb over in the center field yet again from the left side of the plate. And I love Kibet Ruiz from the left side of this plate. And I know a lot of people out there were kind of poking fun at me and saying, well, now you're saying that 
you want Kiebert to strictly bat from the left side, and I still do. It's still where I stand. I just love Kiebert Ruiz's approach. And from the left side of the plate, you've seen a lot more power throughout his career. But that's for another day, obviously, as we're celebrating. The Nationals avoided the sweep against a very good Los Angeles Dodgers lineup. And in my opinion, the best team in the National League. And going up against Noah Syndergaard, yes, you could say it might have been a little bit easier said than done. But still, when you win the way that the Nationals did yesterday, avoiding the sweep, going five hours coast to coast on a flight home, getting ready to play the Philadelphia Phillies, the Filthies is what I call them. That's big. This Nationals team needs all the momentum in the world getting ready for this home stretch against the Philadelphia Phillies. We're going to talk about that series later on in the show. But most importantly, this Nationals team fought to the finish. They continue to battle up there, especially going up against a very solid Los Angeles Dodgers bullpen who has had some bumpy roads. But we all know this. There's not a single organization out there besides maybe the Braves, that can produce the pitching of the Dodgers. Year in and year out, you will see a new Los Angeles Dodgers right-handed arm usually, and they will come up and they will dominate. That is just the way that it is for them. They find pitchers growing off trees. They have a farm where they just grow pitchers there. Seriously, it's what they do. This is what the Dodgers are. And the Nationals took advantage of their strength. They took advantage of of a bullpen that wasn't really leaving it all out there, to be honest. They kind of took the Nationals as a joke. They hit five home runs off Noah Syndergaard and as well as the bullpen. So this Nationals team and what they did yesterday was not only impressive, but I think this could be something to where we're looking down the road and this power starts to come. Because as we see from C.J. Abrams, Obviously, the power is there. A lot more than what I expected from the 22-year-old. Because CJ does kind of have that pop. When he gets a hold of the ball, as we saw him do yesterday in this game, CJ Abrams has plenty of power. Going to right center field yesterday for a 370-foot bomb, 99-mile-per-hour exit velo, CJ can get a hold of him. And I think we're going to start to see a little bit more power from C.J. Abrams as he continues to mature and develop as a baseball player. There's no maturing he has to do off the field or anything like that. It's simply on the field. What he does and what he brings to the table is already good enough in my mind. Hitting for average, which I do believe he will do as the season continues to grow and as he continues to get more comfortable. I think he's going to hit for more power. I think you could see a 20 home run season from C.J. Abrams up at some point. Because he's got six on the season so far this year. And last year for the Nationals, we weren't seeing that power. We didn't get to see it a lot. In about the month and a half that he was up for the Washington Nationals, he had no power. But now, through the first two months of the season, ending with six home runs, That's the kind of growth and development that the Nationals are counting in the win column this year. As we've said all the time, the wins aren't necessarily coming in the win column that you see on MLB.com in that baseball standing section. The wins come in development of guys like C.J. Abrams getting that power or Luis Garcia, who also 
blasted off a big home run in yesterday's game. He did that too. And also, he's increased his average and his OPS by a numerous amount of points. And those are the wins that the Nationals will sustain this year, including yesterday with Kibert Ruiz. Seeing the power after me, a dummy like me, two days ago, calling him out saying, I'm not really seeing it so far with him. I still believe in Kibert Ruiz, the prospect. I truly do. I believe that he's going to be a very good catcher for years to come, both offensively and obviously defensively. But we also needed to see it. The 24-year-old, he's still young. He's still developing. But to do that against the former team that they traded away, Kibert Ruiz, he hit two against them and hit three on the series in total. Shutting me up real quick after I was like, hey, this guy's really struggling in May. Really shows you how much I know about baseball, right? But Kibert Ruiz and C.J. Abrams, Luis Garcia, the development of those hitters, and really Jamie Candelario as well, someone who's 29 who could be in the running as to be the Nationals' third baseman over the next few years until Brady House comes up. Development like that is what counts as a win. And that is the development that we saw just from yesterday. You start, you're starting to see the vision of Mike Rizzo and why he traded away all these guys. Why he brought up Luis Garcia so early on in his career. He sees it. This guy has an eye for talent. That is why I feel so well about this Nationals rebuild and why I believe Mike Rizzo may have been right about saying that this is not a rebuild, it's a reboot. And as going into next year, especially calling up James Wood so early on in his career, there is now hope to have Kiber Ruiz, C.J. Abrams, and James Wood in that lineup, along with Luis Garcia and whoever else may be coming here to Washington, D.C. And, oh, by the way, Robert Hassel will probably be making his Major League debut in 2024 as well. This Nationals team is starting to see the better days ahead. And I can see Mike Rizzo's vision for this Nationals rebuild. I'm seeing it through just like I believe everyone else is as well up to this point. So that Nationals offensive explosion, while it was nice, for a game. It showed me a little bit more. It showed me that there is hope. This Nationals team can do this. They can hit for power. They can develop their players. And it's just one game. But again, that one game showed me much, much more than just a win in the win column. It showed promise for this rebuild. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. The Nats play the Phillies tomorrow night at 710 Eastern Time at home. Catch every pitch of the Nats hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals. And before we get into going around the NL East, because we're going to take a step back on this off day and really look at the division and what has settled here across the National League East. We're going to get into all of that and more. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. And guys, Game Time is just one of my best 
assets that I have at my availability availability when I go to baseball games. The other day, I was going to Nationals Park last second, and I needed t- tickets desperately. So what did I do? I checked out my friends over at game time, and it was two clicks for me to get the tickets. Bam, two minutes away, I'm in the ballpark in my seat with a beer and a hot dog in hand. Game time is that convenient for you. Flash deals and last-minute tickets are always the fun and easy choice to do, as well as easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. It's not just sporting events. It's concerts, comedy shows, shows, whatever it may be. Game time will most likely have you covered. Snagging tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Your first purchase terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed with my friends over at game time. And now we get into it as we are going to stroll across the National League East and really take a step back and look at the division as a whole. And right now as the standings stand right here on June 1st of 2023, the Nationals sit in fifth place in the National League East, winning 24 and losing 32 games. The Phillies are in fourth with 25 and 30 losses there. The New York Mets are at third with 29 and 27. The Marlins are also tied for second there with the New York Mets sitting at 29 and 27 and the Braves the oh the terrible Braves at 33 and 23 leading the NL East by four games and the Nationals as we sit here today we are only a game and a half back of the National League pennant defending champions the Philadelphia Filthies as we get ready to host them in our own ballpark here in Washington D.C and get ready for the biggest series of the season. We're going to talk about that series, and specifically just a little bit later on in the show. But let's take a look around this National League East team. Obviously, the Atlanta Braves. I don't know what anyone else expected out of this Atlanta Braves team, but I expected them to win the division outright this season. When you have Ronald Acuna, when you have Michael Soroka, coming off an injury, who I believe is one of the brighter pitchers in all of baseball. And I truly do believe that in what they do. But most importantly, what I see from this Braves lineup is consistency. You have Matt Olson, a first baseman who hits for power, hits for average, plays a solid defensive first base. Then in the outfield, Ronald Acuna Jr. hanging in that right field spot. He's been an MVP caliber type player for how long now? Coming off an ACL tear, a lot of people didn't really think that he would be the same. He has proven to be the same, if not even better. And also just a reminder, the Nationals had Ronald Nacuna Jr. back in the day at the signing table. He backed out, decided to sign with the Braves. We could have had Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna in the same outfield. That would have changed everything forever for this franchise. Side note. But now let's look at the Miami Marlins. We all know the Miami Marlins and what they do best, what they have done best, and that is develop pitching and really just push out pitching, starting pitching every day of the week. And so far that season, it's worked out pretty well for them. But are they more pretenders or are they contenders? 
Because I look at the Marlins, I kind of believe that they're pretenders. Even though when they have the pitching, I don't trust that their lineup can get it done every day. They have Jorge Soler right now, who is on an absolute tear, just hitting home run after home run. It's kind of like that June Kyle Schwarber thing that we went through two months or two years ago with the Washington Nationals. He's kind of been that rock that has been carrying them throughout this season. But really, it's also probably the most underrated underrated player in all of baseball, in my opinion, with Jorge Soler. But that also, in my truly honest opinion, I believe it's Luis Arias who is leading the Hall of Majors in batting average. He has a 900-plus OPS. This guy hits. He is a professional hitter. He reminds me of a Daniel Murphy type of guy. Not only because he plays that second base position, and he plays a decent second base. He's, he's no world beater out there. But what he does best is hit and hit for average and hit consistently. Arias is probably the best pure hitter in all of baseball up to this point in 2023. He truly is. And I say that not very lightly because I truly believe that Juan Soto is the best overall hitter. But when you're talking about pure hit tool and someone just putting the ball in play, striking out not a lot of times, it's Luis Arias. He is the best overall hit tool in all of baseball, in my opinion. And that is why this Nationals, or not this Nationals, but this Marlins offense has really turned in quite a nice season so far. But even then, their run differential is negative 45, even with their starting pitching. And the Braves are the only team in the National League East to have a plus run differential. They have a plus 58. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Phillies have a worse one than the Washington Nationals at minus 43 as we are at a minus 28. And that is why the Philadelphia Phillies are coming to town. It's not going to be a fun one. And as they take on the New York Mets today, it's not going to be a fun one. So this Nationals team getting ready to face off against this Philadelphia Phillies roster. It's going to be a tough series. But again, we're going to preview that a little bit later on in the show. But time for the New York Mets. The New York Mets, I just love the Mets. I really do. Because the Mets and their fans are, one, delusional. And two, they find a way to Met. The Mets find a way to Met. I truly mean that. This New York Mets team, this team right now, should be the number one team in all of baseball. In all of baseball. The talent that they have. The prospects that they have. They have multiple top 10 prospects in the major leagues making an impact this very second. And they are still only two games above 500. Meanwhile, they carry the highest payroll in all of baseball. They got the top 10 prospects. They have these Hall of Fame pitchers with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Yet they're 29 and 27 entering the month of June. You really think that you can buy your way to a National League East division crown? No, no, no. You can't do that. You have to develop. And most importantly, you have to stay healthy. Because Pete Alonso. He's been carrying this team for I don't know how long at this point. 
with the home runs, leading the major leagues in home runs up to this point entering June. They can hit. There's no doubt about it. Francisco Alvarez, he can hit as well. He's got the same power tool as Pete Alonso. But that doesn't mean they can win games because the Mets find a way to Met. It's a beautiful sight. A beautiful sight. But again, now it's time to look at this Philadelphia Phillies series because I truly believe that this series coming up right now is probably going to be the biggest season or the biggest series of this young national series. So we're going to talk about that series coming up right after this. And now we get back into it as the Nationals get ready to take on the Philadelphia Phillies. And as I am previewing this series today, I want to warn you guys, tomorrow I'm doing a crossover with Locked On MLB Prospects, the host, Lindsey Crosby, who I believe is one of the most, if not the most, knowledgeable person in the entire industry about prospects. We're going to talk about James Wood, Elijah Green, and oh, so many more prospects I cannot Wait for that show that dropping tomorrow morning early at 5 a.m. for you and your leisure. So make sure to check that out. You're going to want to hear his news, his stats, and his nuggets on all of these different prospects helping the Washington Nationals in order to succeed in 2023 and beyond. We're going to talk about all of that tomorrow. But today, right now, this moment, we're previewing, which I believe is the biggest series in the Nationals' young season up to this point. If you were telling me that we are only a game and a half out of fourth place in the division against the Philadelphia Phillies heading into this series to start June with the Nationals having an off day today, the Philadelphia Phillies traveling down to Washington, D.C. after taking on the New York Mets, and again, a huge series for them currently. We got them right where we want them. Because tomorrow night, not only is it the biggest series of the season for this national team and as well as this Phillies team. We have our ace going up against Zach Wheeler and the Philadelphia Phillies tomorrow night in D.C. As we got Josiah Gray going on the mound against this Phillies team. And Josiah Gray, while he hasn't had the utmost success against them throughout his career, We know in 2023 that Josiah Gray is a much different pitcher so far in the season. We've seen it from him, a sub-3 ERA. He's not striking out the guys that we really want him to do so far, but he's keeping the ball in the ballpark, and he's most importantly not walking as many guys and not getting as much damage done against him as we've seen in the past. But important note here. The Phillies have all the pressure in the world to win game one. Because when you're going up against the New York Mets today, it's not going to be an easy one for them. And again, they got Taiwan Walker going up against Max Scherzer. Taiwan Walker has been awful so far in 2023. While he has picked it up a little bit as of recent, you're going up against Max Scherzer, man. Good luck with that. What he knows, they got to win this game too. And if the Phillies do drop this game today, the Nationals could tie with the Phillies by tomorrow night for fourth place in the division. And with all the spending they did, with signing Trey Turner in the offseason, 
with having a now healthy-ish Bryce Harper entering the season. They're doing it again. They are choking once again. And the Phillies have all the pressure in the world. They spent this offseason. You have your high prospects coming up and making a difference. While they don't have Andrew Painter just yet, still doesn't mean the Nationals or the Phillies, most importantly, don't have those expectations. When you're in the World Series last year representing the National League, your expectation the next year in which they did the right thing while spending even more money entering this season, Dave Dombrowski at the head of the organization, you're starting to see the Phillies crumble once again. And while they don't have the power as they did last year up to this point, Trey Turner has been scuffling with them up to this point. All these different equations that go into winning baseball are turning against this Philadelphia Phillies team. And as we sit here, we know Josiah Gray is one going to be juiced up on a Friday night going up against this Phillies team. And then come Saturday, as of right now, the Phillies haven't announced a starter, but guess who we have going? Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore going on Saturday for a 405 start. And then on Sunday, you know who it is. It is Trevor Williams, who I believe has taken a big turn as of recent and has a sub four ERA going up against Ranger Suarez, who has not been his usual self so far in 2023. This is the biggest series of the season for the Washington Nationals. If you can take two of three from this Phillies team, how deflating is that for a team that is supposed to be winning this second? How deflating would it be for a team that spends all the money in the world, that has the prospects, that have gotten this team of really just huge all-stars? And they are crumbling in front of our eyes. With Kevin Wong and Bryce Harper and Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber making their return to Washington, D.C., while this little middling Nats team in the middle of a rebuild is coming up and beating you and eating your lunch. This is the biggest series of the season for the Nationals and for the Phillies. Both of these teams really have to win this series. Because if the Nationals can take two of three, or hell, if they can even take three of the three games this weekend, the Nationals will start talking about the postseason then. Because I truly believe this is a series that could catapult the Nationals into the summer with a hot start. Starting June hot is really what makes the Nationals roll. As we saw late in May in 2019, the Nationals turned it around. I'm not saying this Nationals team is a postseason team just yet, because I don't believe they are. But if they can win three of these next three games and get five games below 500, it's time to start talking about postseason baseball here in Washington, D.C., and how far away we are from that. That's how important this series is in my mind. Because let's say you do lose two of three. Then you're sitting at 34 losses to 25 wins, nine games below 500. That's a pretty big hole. But if you win two or even three of these games, you're sitting five to six games below 500, which is massive for this rebuilding Nationals club that has not spent compared to the other NLEs teams and that have not developed just yet 
the way that the National League East teams have done across Major League Baseball. So thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. As I said, tomorrow's show is going to be a fun one, talking about all these different prospects and really just getting into the nitty-gritty of this Washington Nationals farm system. Again, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Check us out over on YouTube at Locked On Nationals. Check myself over on Twitter at RyanClary11, as you see on the YouTube icon there. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Go Nationals. You'll hear from us tomorrow night.